Mommy, can I ask you a question? Um, go ask your dad. It's hard to change from hangout mode to I podcast know. mode. I'm trying to find it's like a good say. like we we're we're hanging out segue, but it's hard. <laughs> I'm sure we could use this somewhere down the line. <laughs> we got 15 minutes of wow talk. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Wow Podcast with Ask Your Dad. <laughs> oh, that should be our guild name. Ask Your Dad. And oh. like, what's that from? It's, like, it's our podcast. <laughs> Ask Your Dad podcast. <laughs> Um, did I tell you I'm in a bunch of bluey group groups on Facebook now? <laughs> um, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. I don't know that you've necessarily mentioned it, but you have sent me a bunch of bluey memes. <laughs> so I kind of knew. <laughs> so I actually don't even get my memes from there. They barely oh. even talk about the show, which is hilarious. So I, the algorithm like randomly showed me a, a group called bandits bluey group for dads. Cause the dad's name is bandit in the show. And I was like, that seems cool. And like, I don't come across a lot of dad groups on Facebook. Um, either they just don't really exist as prominently as mom groups or they just haven't really showed me any of them. But I, uh, I was like, I'll join that one click. And like, it's really just a super wholesome dad group, like dad support group page on Facebook. It's just bluey themed. So it's like when people make posts, there is like, Hey bandits, <laughs> my chili and my bluey and my bingo. And I were all blah, 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 blah. They just like use the show names to like, <laughs> keep an anonymity and like keep with the theme and it's really wholesome and cool. And like most of the posts are like, um, just like everyday stuff like, Hey, I'm doing this with my kid, blah, blah, blah. Or like, what do you do with your kid when they're home from school? Let's get some ideas going. And they just like share cool ideas and stuff. And then some of them are like, I'm going through a really hard time and I need support. And like, there was like a week where like 12 different people posted like, I'm getting divorced. Help me. And like, it's sad and stuff, but like, everyone was really cool about it. And then some people were like, we should probably keep it lighthearted. And then everyone else is like, but you're not going to find this kind of support anywhere else. So we don't mind it. Um, so it's a good mixed bag, but it's really cool. And I've enjoyed my time on there a lot. And like, I even posted, I was like, Hey bandits, what do you think I should get for my haircut? And like, I got a ton of different ideas and some of them were silly and fun. They're like, get a Mohawk, get a Trihawk. <laughs> <laughs> and like, some of them were just like, get a mullet. Like they mentioned in the show. And then some of them were like legitimate, like I'm a barber and I think you should have this. And I was like, Oh cool. And like, it's just, it's just like a neat little dad support group. And I've never really seen a good one on social media before. It just happens to be bluey themed, which is how it even popped up on my feed. But what's even funnier 
is I've started doing this like workout regimen recently and like trying to get back in shape and stuff. And, uh, so I posted on there, <laughs> I ended up posting like 10 minutes after someone else did almost the same question. And I was like, I swear I searched before. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back into fitness and I used to be fit a little bit, but then I gained a bunch of weight again. And I'm just like, you know, what kind of routines do you guys do? Like, what's your, you know, what's your eating rate? Like what's your nutrition look like? You just ask in general, like fitness and nutrition questions. And then one of them was like, here's some information. Also, you should join us on the subgroup buff bandits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so now I'm also on the subgroup buff bandits. I was like, that's an immediate click. I'll do that right now. <laughs> but it's also like another really cool, wholesome like group. Like we have a group chat on, on Facebook messenger where we like share workout pictures or workout routines and like check in on each other and being like, Hey everybody, I did this today. Make sure you get your workout in and stuff. And it's like really cool, non-judgmental, non like pushy fitness kind of dad group and we're all dads. So we all understand like the constraints of having children and being able to be fit and stuff. And, uh, so I've been pretty much my entire Facebook feed now is just like the two bluey groups because <laughs> they're so active and the algorithm just like pushes it to me all the time. And so finally scrolling on Facebook isn't miserable because I'm not going through a bunch of like garbage political takes and like yelling at each other and stupid crap. It's like pop up of like, Hey bandits, I'm going to the park later. What's your favorite activity to do with your kid at the park? And then scroll a little bit and it's like, Hey bandits, I just did a PR on a deadlift today. What are you getting in today? And then scroll <laughs> a little bit and it's like, Hey bandits, <laughs> this is like, this is so much more fun than social media used to be. <laughs> so I feel I like I need to be in the buff bandits group. Yeah, and man. The, and the supportive dad group. Yeah. I'll send you the links. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> and uh, I said all that to say that I promoted the podcast there the other day. Oh, well, because, um, um, I would see like, Hey bandits, what's your favorite hobby right now? Like, what are you, what are you doing to like entertain yourself and do as a hobby? And like, I had mentioned it and a couple of other people I'd see pop up on there be like, well, I'm, you know, I do a podcast. I do a podcast. And so I made a thread. I was like, Hey guys, I see a lot of you, uh, talking about podcasts. Let's all share our shows here together and, you know, give each other a listen and stuff. And I, I threw ours out there. Well, so. thank you, Bandits, for showing up to listen to this episode. <laughs> I, hope, I hope some of them did. That's what I've been up to lately. <laughs> nice. Let's see. I feel like the cat's out of the bag at this point, so I adopted my daughter that yeah. you guys have, have met. Um, it happened yesterday. We were in the courtroom. We got to take pictures with the judge and stuff. It was very awesome. Uh, I was pretty much teared up and, and crying the whole time, but... The whole time was only five minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> those pictures uh, were cool too, because you had you had one where your littler kids got like double fists in the air. Oh yeah, they wanted us to take like a super excited. And your son's got his like his head thrown back like he's screaming. Yeah. And then I look back at you, and you got like your one fist yeah, up. You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know the the meme of the like little baby who's yes, got his yes. fist up. That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did this week. I guess that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm even... little, little behind the scenes magic. We actually talked a little bit about that last episode, but I cut it out because oh. we didn't want to talk about it yet. Yeah, but we just got into it on accident. Whoops. <laughs> well, it's a big thing, so yeah. it keeps coming up. Yeah. Well, even before we recorded, we it's talked true. for like thirty-five <laughs> minutes before before we press play today. <laughs> but yeah, I know some of the some of my list like 
friends, I guess, and professors at school who listen uh, are probably wondering about it too. So, um, yeah, it's done. She's, <laughs> she's mine. <laughs> it's such a cool thing for you guys. Yeah. We cooked steak dinner last night on the grill. Um, normally, I don't like to buy... You know how when you buy steaks now, like as we've grown up... Steaks used to be thin when we were younger, mm-hmm. and now they're like... They're all thick cuts. They're like, I don't know, what is that, like two or three inches? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're that thick, and I'm like still new to grilling, you know, because I'm only a year past 35, so my, <laughs> my grill, grass, or World War II history, I picked grill. Um <laughs> Still pretty new to it, <laughs> so I had to figure out <laughs> how to cook these thick ass steaks. <laughs> yeah, um, but I did it, and uh, they were delicious. And I just bought two thick ones because it was so much food. Like, oh yeah, um, they were on sale at Detwater, so nice. Which is the main reason I buy steak is because it's on sale at Detwater. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason too, but um. They were good. Um, everybody enjoyed it. I cooked them perfectly, um, which I guess this would be an interesting segue. I know this isn't really our subject for today, but um, there's a lot of like steak, you know, memes online. Yeah. Where like if it's it's like blue, red, you know, medium, like for medium. Right, rare. right. For rarity. Yeah. Yeah. So like... Um, I just want to go on record as saying I don't really care how you like your <laughs> steak cooked. Especially, um, I'm not going to judge you for it. Like, yeah. It seems weird to judge people. It's for, a weird, like, gatekeepy masculinity thing. It's like, yeah, oh, you, you don't have it. your steak rare? What do you like? It's like, oh, you'd put sugar in your coffee? Yeah. It's like, I just want things to taste the way I like them. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting that that's one of the things that masculinity gets caught up on is like the rarity of your meat. Like, well done, get out of here. Yeah. But um, I've, had, this... I've had students ask, we Troy, how do you like your steak? And I was like, what am I eating it with? Because that changes. How good is the cut? Because that changes. Because yeah, prime rib is supposed to be on the rarer side. Yeah. Like, like if I get a good expensive cut of meat, I would like it a little rarer than I would normally do for another one. If I'm getting a cheaper steak, I'm probably going to cook it more well done because the leftovers are going to get dipped in some runny eggs the next morning. And I think a, a tougher, more well done steak tastes better with steak and eggs than a more rare one does. So it depends entirely on what the meal's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, people get hung up on it sometimes. That's our, uh, I guess that's our, uh, <laughs> their dad advice. Toxic buster of the week. <laughs> <laughs> You know, with our modern technology, we could have just put a real train horn in there. I actually think I have an air horn app on my phone. I got it for um, uh, schools in our county have ended uh, for summer, which means I am also on summer break. And on the last day of school when the kids leave during their half day, um, I'm not going to say every teacher. It's actually not enough. I wish more would come out. But um, ton of us go out every year to the bus loop and we just stand on on the second story and we just wave to the kids like bye and uh last year i got an air horn app well, i don't have it anymore I deleted it i had an air horn app so when they were leaving i would go beep, 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 beep. nice <laughs> not that they could hear it but it was for fun for me i also have four <laughs> sound buttons on this device that we're recording on i could just <laughs> boop <laughs> 
and play it. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Well, I guess that's another thing we could do every every episode is pick a weird toxic masculinity thing and challenge it. And bust it. Bust it. <laughs> so yeah, eat your eat your meat however you like it. it you're just yeah. you're macho enough knowing what you like. <laughs> Since we're talking about grilling and meats, yeah, even though it's not our subject, um, <laughs> and we're not sponsored by this at all in any way, shape, or form, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, last year on Father's Day, I got a Ninja Foodie Grill. Oh, nice! And they're freaking awesome. So it's like an indoor grill, air fryer, broiler, baker, dehydrator, and one other setting. I don't oh, remember. Oh, dehydrates too. It does. I can make my own jerky. Oh. Which I might start doing, but I hear it's expensive to do that. It is, but, but buying a jerky is expensive too. So. True. <laughs> um, but it's an electric grill. It's electric indoor grill, and I liked it a lot because um, my buddy had one. And like, this is how I know I got old. Is uh, my my friends and I, Mitch, John, and Chris, we all went to Chris's house one day, like a year and a half ago. And uh, he was like, check this out. And he showed us his Ninja Foodie XL grill that he had. And we like, we all like stood around it in a circle and gawked at it. Like, this is amazing. I have to have one. <laughs> and then I wanted to get it for um, that Father's Day. I was wrong on the day that I got it. I wanted to get it for that Father's Day, but I couldn't because it's like 200 something bucks. Mm. And we we're just like, that's an expensive present <laughs> out of nowhere that you just found out about like a month ago. Um, but then I did end up getting it for that Christmas. So correct the record. I got it for Christmas as a gift for my lovely wife, but it's, uh, it's advertised as smokeless. When we lived together, we had an electric indoor grill and it smoked up so bad. We never used it. It probably wasn't meant to be indoor. We just didn't want to go outside. Yeah. It was that, I think it was supposed to be outside to um, be honest, but it was electric grill and it was super easy to cook on. It just smoked up the house cause we were dumb kids that didn't know to go outside with Oops. our grill. <laughs> but this one is actually pretty, uh, it actually is smokeless. And like it never smokes up the house. And um, what I really, really like about it, because we were talking about the rarity of, of steak, it has a smart thermometer that plugs into the machine and you plug the thermometer into like the thickest cut of meat on the grill. And then you choose the rarity that you want and it just measures the temperature as you go. And I'd be like, all right, it'll have a little display. It says, go ahead and flip now. And you flip it and then it has a little display. Like, go ahead and get your food. And then it has a rest timer and it, um, because it's just always taking the internal temperature of your meat. It cooks it to the exact specifications you want every time. And it's taken all the guesswork out of grilling. It's taken all like the anxiety out of grilling when you want to cook for people, but you don't want to screw it up. Oh, like yeah. if I'm cooking for myself, I'll, I'll experiment. I'll try like, all right, let's do three minutes on this side and three minutes on that side. And you know, do all this stuff. But when it was, um, cooking for a bunch of people, I didn't want to do that. I really like that the Ninja Foodie Grill <laughs> takes all the anxiety out of cooking meat. Because as I've previously stated, I was yeah. very worried about messing up these steaks last night when I was cooking because they were so thick. Yeah. If I like... had that Ninja Foodie smart thermometer, <laughs> all, of the, all of my worries would have washed away. We'd be so good at ad reads if we had like an actual listenership and sponsors. Yeah, right? I would crush ad reads. Um <laughs> Uh, shit, I was going to say something and made the ad read joke and I lost it. Oh. Oh, well. Anyway, um, so we've been just kind of kicking it and, and 
and shooting the shit a little bit, but what did you actually want to talk about on our episode today? Oh, okay. So the real reason we're all here <laughs> is, uh, we want to talk about, um, traits that you do and don't want to pass on to your children. Um, I'm thinking behaviors, yeah, not, you know, genetics, because <laughs> you don't really have a choice on that. It's true. I don't know why I was trying to make that joke. I just... <laughs> anyway, yeah. So traits you do want to do and don't want to pass on. It's... I saw it on our list of topics, and it, the reason it came out to me is because of my, uh, like, mental health diagnoses from, mm-hmm. you know, being in the military and stuff. And, um, you know, part of my symptoms sometimes are like kind of ragey outbursts that I can't control in the moment, but I am educated enough to realize that they're happening Mm -hmm. and I can like nip them pretty quickly usually. Um, and I was talking to my wife the other night about it and I was like, I really hope that I don't like damage our children. Like, so... One of the ways I try to combat that is to just be open and honest with them about what's going on with me and Mm -hmm. like why I act the way I act sometimes. Yeah. Um, they're my son's my youngest and he's seven and, uh, I feel like he comprehends what's going on and, uh, it's really cute because sometimes, you know, if he knows that I'm anxious, he will just instinctively comfort me. Like, um, if I'm sitting at, if I'm just sitting somewhere, you know, he'll put his hand on my shoulder and like put his, hmm. his head against me. Or if we're walking through like target or something and, uh, he knows that I'm getting anxious, he just grabs my hand. Like, so, I mean, I guess all my kids are kind of emotionally mature because, because of my, my own stuff I got going right. on. Well, they've but, been exposed to different things that other kids just wouldn't be exposed to. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that would be an example of a trait I do want to pass on. Um, they just have like a strong sense of compassion that, you know, I hope that I have, but I know that they have it Mm -hmm. because, um, they're emotionally mature enough to like sense stuff. Like when something's wrong with somebody and to comfort them just, you know, because they don't want that person to, to feel pain or whatever. Yeah. So, um, that got kind of heavy. I didn't mean to <laughs> hope you guys no, see fine. the light in that and not the, yeah. Well, I I feel very strongly about that. I don't, I don't have a specific, like, um, I guess cause to it the way you do, uh, with your experience in the war and everything. But like, I know growing up, my dad has a temper and I know I have had a temper since I was a little kid too. I remember when I was very young, like six, maybe seven, we were at the beach one day and there were a bunch of older kids that were like high school age and they were like just kicking a ball around the beach. I think they were even just playing like beach kickball or something. And I was like, I really wanted to play with them. No business playing in that age group, but they were cool enough to like let me come in and disrupt, which as an older person now I know is annoying. (laughs) Um, they're cool enough. And then like, like I was starting to get a sunburn on my back cause we were at the beach and then like I was running a base cause I kicked the ball and they like beamed me in the back and they probably wasn't even that hard. But like even seven year old me just got so angry 
And I was like, and I was like screaming at him and stuff. Like I wanted to fight them. I was like some stupid little kid. (laughs) And my parents just like calmly dragged me away. (laughs) And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, So like I, I know my dad's had a temper. I have a temper in that same way where it's like really acute and it doesn't feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like it's building up at all. Sometimes it's just like there and like it takes me by surprise and you know, in the same, same notion that you said, like, that's something I don't want to pass on to my kids either. Obviously. Um, my oldest is four and he just throws regular four year old temper tantrums, um, which are not fun at all, but it always makes me think like, is he seeing that from me? Like, is he, has he seen me lose my cool before? And like, is he picking that up? Is that like just a genetic trait that the Troyer boys have that just gets passed down? Or is he just a regular four-year-old throwing a tantrum? Jury's probably still out on that. Um, But we try to talk him through it as best we can. And then my youngest one is uh, 16 months. And he throws weird little temper tantrums that are kind of cute now. Um, But like he's really quick to frustration if he can't do something independently, which he's one, so that's almost everything. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And like... Sometimes he'll try to do something like twice and he'll throw it as hard as he can and just go and like run away from it. (laughs) But sometimes he'll try for a long time and just get progressively more and more and more annoyed. I've seen him get frustrated at something and throw it. I've seen him get frustrated at it, something and like hit it with his little fist. He learned how to do fist bumps now. So he just punches stuff sometimes, which I didn't expect him to put that together. Some reason those two things. (laughs) (laughs) And like, so I'm, I'm conscious of it. I'm probably hyper conscious of it. Cause I know of my own temper. And so I'm just like watching them like a hawk every time they get upset. I'm like, is this me or is this normal? <laughs> but that's by the same token. That's something I don't want them to pick up on or see. And I try to mitigate that. Um, I don't have the same like training that you do at this point of having to actually like deal with a real medical diagnosis and, and learn how to therapeutically get through it. Um, but we just try to like, just explain and narrate what's going on to them all the time when they're upset, especially, which I want to say something to try to soothe them. But I know when they're screaming their head off, they're not actually listening to anything, but it kind of helps me. So I keep my temper in check and I don't get mad at them for being mad. Um, but we try to walk them through it and explain things through it and talk calmly to them and stuff like that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) I will say, one of the most common pieces of advice I've ever been given about being upset and having rage is to take a big breath. And, uh, I'm here to tell you kids do not want to do that. <laughs> kids do not care about that advice at all. Uh, trying to get my kid to like stop and take a big breath. I might as well be talking another language because <laughs> he's just so angry when he's having his temper tantrum and, uh, and they don't like to be comforted. Um, like physically comforted. Like if my kids are upset, both of them do this. Uh, If they're like mad at something, they don't want to be held. Yeah. Um, and even my oldest, when he like scrapes his knee or gets hurt or something, he doesn't want to be held. He's just like, fix it. Let me move on, which in some ways is good, but that's my natural inclination is to like, you know, hold them and talk to them and try to see like, and then just makes them more mad. So I have to like train myself to be like, all right, you're just going to have a cool down right here and I'll come back to you when you're done screaming. (laughs) It's really hard. <laughs> Let it ride out for a minute. It's really hard to do that. Yeah. Shirley's kind of like that, too, when she gets upset. Like, she doesn't want to... Especially if it's something she got in trouble over. Mm-hmm. Like, she definitely doesn't want anything to do with you for a little bit. And it's like, 
you're being real mean right now. <laughs> just trying to talk to you. And she's like, well, I don't want to talk to you. And I'm just like, dang, why are you so sassy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like most people probably don't want to pass on their anger to their Yeah, children. I feel like that's, pretty, that's a give. That's a softball one. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But at least now they know their feelings that they have are not isolated. Yeah, and I always try to tell my <laughs> older one who can... He's extremely articulate, and he's only four, so I know he doesn't understand all the concepts, but he picks stuff up very fast, thankfully. And, um, and I try to explain to him, like, it's okay to feel the way you feel, but it's not okay to act the way you act. Yeah. It's okay to be upset and mad, but it's not okay to lash out at others. Um, and please stop kicking me <laughs> when you're upset. Like, if you kick me one more time, I swear to God. <laughs> Straight to the moon. <laughs> um, I think one of the traits I do want to pass on, though, is um, is like a laid-backedness or like a, an adaptability. Like, if there's... I don't like big changes. I don't like um, like disruptions to the way our household works or operates because then it's like a big ordeal to kind of like rewrite the ship or like come up with new stuff. Um, but I've always been really, really good at like in the moment little things and like just making small adjustments in whatever task or thing I have to do. And that's something I hope that my kids pick up. They're not doing it yet, <laughs> but again, they're young. <laughs> yeah. My four or year old, he doesn't always have difficulty with transitions to new tasks, but like when he has to take in new information, like for example, going to the bathroom, like if he's in the middle of playtime and he goes like full hundred percent into his playtime, like if he says he's playing a game, he is that character. If you even say his name, he will stop everything he's doing. He's like, no, I'm not Nixon. I'm the red power ranger. <laughs> like, can the red power ranger be named Nixon? He's like, no, that's not his name in the show. <laughs> and like, he is committed a hundred percent. And I think that might be whatever that is about him that commits so hard to his pretend play. Uh, an unintended consequence of that is he's been having a lot of potty accidents lately. He's pretty much fully potty trained and has been for a long time. Um, but just in the last like few months, he's just been having like, progressively more and more accidents throughout the day at daycare and like more accidents at home where it's like he'll stop what he's doing at the last second after he's held it as long as it can hold. And he's like, I have to go potty. And he runs to the bathroom in like a panic. And then like sometimes he makes it and sometimes he doesn't. But I think that the way he just like commits full tilt to whatever he's doing at a time and doesn't make those adjustments for like, Oh, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom. I should stop what I'm doing and go potty and come back. It's been really frustrating for everybody. Uh, cause he's going to start VPK in a few months and like, he's, he's getting to that age where you got to stop having accidents. <laughs> it's just expected of you. And so it's a little nerve wracking for us. They're like, why are you you're going backwards? You're supposed to be going the other way. You're supposed to be getting better. So I hope that eventually he kind of picks up that adaptability and that like that ability to take in new information and like make adjustments to whatever he's doing. Well, I feel like that kind of regression is kind of common though. With kids. It is. Um, and then the other thing is, in in all those shows that he's pretending to be in, they never show anyone going to the restroom. They don't. Or, like, yeah. coming from the restroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, maybe he thinks they just don't go, so he, he doesn't have to go or something. It, honestly, it could be something like that, because he, he really does commit full tilt. Like, he watched The Little Mermaid yesterday, 
And he's like, I want to play the Little Mermaid game. I'm like, okay, what character do you want to be? And he's like, hmm, I'm going to be Ariel, because she's the main character. He did that for Frozen, too. He's like, I want to be Ariel. Like, okay. And we're playing, and like, he was playing. It was, we're like, all right, let's go take a bath since you're a mermaid. Let's go take a bath. And like, that's how I got him into the bath, because he never wants to stop playing take baths either. (laughs) I was like, I got you on that one. Um, Then we come out, and I get him, try him off, dress him up, whatever. And then, finally get him to bed and he's like talking to himself while he's going to sleep. And he I can tell he's still kind of playing in that like pretend space in his head. And then he wakes up this morning and I walk in. I'm like, Hey buddy, good morning. How's it going? Nixon. And he's just like, I'm not Nixon. I was like, what? Whoa. And he's like, I'm still playing that little mermaid game. <laughs> and I was like, get down from here. Get out of bed. <laughs> we got to go to school. <laughs> You're about to go to a whole new world. <laughs> it's Aladdin. <laughs> oh, whoops. I did it yesterday too. Part of this world? You're yeah, about to be you part go. of yeah, this yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I made literally the same mistake in my head yesterday. I was going to make a reference and like right before I uttered it out, I was like, wait, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> so... Uh, in the spirit of laid backness and you know adjusting to minor changes, uh, I feel like a trait that I would want to pass on is, um, I guess, a, I want to call it a sense of nonchalantness. Mm-hmm. But I guess really it would just be not to sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Because this is just part of of wisdom and getting older. But like as you get older, you realize that a lot of the small things you cared about are not really important in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, which let's see. There's like a country song where they talk about this. I think I can't remember the song. I just remember like the message of the song, Sure, but it's like, you don't want to be wise too young because right. then you won't have any fun and like learn those lessons to get the wisdom. But like, some of that stuff you could learn young. Yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> need that wisdom. The trouble. Yeah, you don't need that wisdom. <laughs> like you could just, you know, you could just have that and it won't affect the fun. <laughs> so like, um, I don't really have a good example of like what I would want that to be. Um, I mean, that's something I deal with with my high schoolers all the time. Cause I mean, I'm sure you remember that age, like high school you think you got everything figured out and i really i swear to god in high school i was like no i know i don't have everything figured out but that was me thinking i had it all figured (laughs) out i thought i beat the system (laughs) and then i got older i'm like son of a bitch i didn't know anything (laughs) um and like trying to it's extremely difficult to explain to high schoolers that the entirety of their world and life experience so far means very little in five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like even when I have them at sophomores, like I remember being in high school and like just my social world then was like my everything. That was like the friendships I had, the relationships I had, the girlfriends I had, like that was like, everything was just all in like, you know, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm being a big boy. I'm an adult now. Well, and that's like, what's crazy. It's that you're, you're like transitioning from child to adult Mm -hmm. and you're in that middle. So you think that because you know so much more now than you did just a couple years ago, you think that that's everything when it's like, yeah. And, and the best way it was explained to me is like, if you look at life on a scale, like, like let's say we're all very fortunate. We lived in 90, um, like zero to 90 
like 16, you might as well still be in diapers just on the scale of itself. Like obviously maturity yeah, level, you're way past that. on the other end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just like, but you don't know that yet because 16 is all you've known. Right. And like, like you and I currently have more than double an average high schoolers like life experience and, and time. And that gives us perspective on a lot of stuff that they literally can't know. It's impossible for them because they haven't experienced it. Like you said, and then by the same token, there's people twice our age that have perspective that we can literally never know until we get there. Um, yeah, like I'm the youngest person in the veteran group. Exactly, yeah. I'm 36, and they're like, oh, you're still a baby. And I'm like, dude, I have three babies of my own. Like, <laughs> right? I, I am most certainly not. But in certain aspects, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's in that its own way is kind of true. There's yeah. certain things that you haven't experienced or like, I don't know. Side tangent aside, but like trying to explain that to the high schoolers let alone to my four-year-old. Um, that's a tough task. And, you know, like every generation I'm sure before us has lamented, like you're just not going to be able to do that until they get old enough and realize. And then everyone's like, the youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, sorry. I kind of like jumped in there. Oh no, that's, I mean, I think, like, I, I think I reached my point and then I wasn't sure if I was done talking or not. You're like but, right in yeah. there though. And then on that same note, like, almost conversely like i want my kids to be kids mm -hmm. like as as long as they can like you know um from a single parent household growing up i had to have a lot of responsibilities mm -hmm. from a young age like um which is interesting because i was more than independent i was like i still had a person depending on me mm -hmm. so like you know all the household chores and stuff i had to do and like the meals and you know, the supervision for my brother and all of that, like made me be responsible and have to grow up a little too soon. And <laughs> I don't want that for my kids. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, my 12 year old just started doing her laundry. Like I did my laundry, like when I was a second grader. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that frustrates me sometimes too. Cause I'm like, she's supposed to clean the kitchen after whoever cooks even if she's the one who cooks and she cooks sometimes because she likes it but like i'm just like you know i was doing this when i was like eight years old and you're like 12 and you're not like you see this mess and it doesn't look like a mess to you right <laughs> but also it's because you know me and mommy clean clean that stuff up if she can't do it mm -hmm. so it's like i want them to be kids but then sometimes i find myself like you know, when I was your age, <laughs> well, it's hard not to, cause yeah. our experiences were so different. Um, my parents to their credit, they gave me a lot of independence. I had household chores. My, my responsibility was typically vacuuming and dusting the house. That was like my main one. Like if it was chore time at our house is like Nick vacuum and dust, but like bigger stuff. Like my dad asked me to mow the lawn, I think like one or two times in my childhood when I was like a preteen, kind of like old enough to start mowing the lawn. And I know I did it once, but I had such a rough time with it. And um, we had an older lawnmower that was like rickety anyway. And I like, I, it was giving me fits. And I think my dad just figured it was more trouble than it was worth to try to get me to do it. Cause he was going to have to do it after me anyway, that he just took it back over. <laughs> and I like, I felt bad about that for a while. Cause I was like, man, I, he asked me to do something and I kind of scoffed at it and was like, yeah. And then I didn't do a good job and now he's doing it all the time. But like, I didn't feel bad about that until later when I realized like what that situation really looked like. And then, um, 
I feel like a lot of family decisions came down to like, what does Nick want sometimes? At one point, my dad and uh, his coworker, uh, I guess technically boss, but the way the relationship worked is dad was basically the co-owner just without the title. <laughs> but they were looking at maybe moving to moving their business to North Carolina mm. when I was in like seventh grade. And um, I'm sure more factored into the decision than what I wanted. But they asked me if I'd be cool with moving to North Carolina. And I was like, no. Like everything I know is in Sarasota, all my friends, family, everything. Like, no, I'm not cool with that. Like, since they asked me, I gave them the opinion. And then we ended up not going. And uh, my dad and his boss went for like a weekend up there to go check it out and like look at properties and stuff and consider moving. And then we just never went. Hmm. And like, I wasn't privy to all of the adult conversation at the time about the move. So I'm sure other factors played into it, but like it just ultimately, I just remember as a kid getting asked if I wanted to go saying no. And then we never went and I was like, Oh, there goes that, I guess. And, uh, they did the same thing. This one probably was more my fault. They asked if, um, if I wanted to have a puppy, like if we wanted to get a, a pet, like a puppy, you guys know what puppies are. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're like little, they're like, they're like big dogs, but little. Yeah. Like babies, baby, baby dogs. Best best way to describe a puppy. But they were cool enough to ask me because when I was growing up, I was actually afraid of dogs. Cause when I was like eight or nine, I had like, I was riding my bike down the street and a pit bull ran out of his house and bit me on the leg and almost dragged me off my bike. And then like a couple weeks later, I was walking to the gas station, literally across the street from my house like less than a hundred yards from my house. And, uh, I walked around a corner and someone had a German shepherd tied up outside while they were inside shopping and I surprised it. So it lunged at me, freaked me out. Cause I just got bitten like a couple weeks later. And there's a couple other instances. Like when I was a little kid, I was on a job site with my dad and they had a lot of dogs and, um, like I was just running around outside playing with them and they all started chasing me cause that's what dogs do to play. And like, they were all about my height cause I was a little kid and I got terrified. I started running away from them and like, dad was like, stop running. They just want to play. <laughs> now they think chasing you is the game. <laughs> and like just several experiences like that, just like, uh, until a long time later, like in my early twenties when I got to live with dogs, I was like, nah, dogs aren't it. But my parents wanted one at one point and they were like, would you be cool if we got a puppy? And I was like, no, I hate dogs. And then they never got one. We ended up having cats, which are also amazing. But I, I felt like they put a lot of stock into what my opinion was as a kid. And I think that's something I feel guilty about sometimes. Cause I feel like I didn't always make the right decision, but how could I, I was a little kid, but I know that they as adults also just made their own decision and just ultimately factored in my opinion, which was cool of them. And so that's something I want to do with my kids as they're growing up. I want to make sure they're like they're involved in big decisions and not necessarily make them yeah, for, for them. Sure. Um, so that's not necessarily like a trait or behavior, but like an action that I want to follow through on that my parents did for me. Um, and then maybe just communicate that like if if I ask my kids for something and they say no, and then we don't do it, that it's like that's not a bad thing necessarily. Cause at some points when I was growing up, I would reflect on those decisions and I would feel bad about them because I felt like I let the family down somehow, but it all came later. So just being like communicative of, of that up front, I think we'll see how it goes. I'll report back yeah. in like 12 years. There we go. <laughs> our, our hundredth episode. special, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
be Ask Your Granddad by then. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Your Paul. Ask Your Paul. PR rebranding. It's <laughs> another one I don't want to pass down. Ooh. Uh, one thing that's happened to me since having kids is I've become a little more of a worry wart. When it just, just when specifically when it comes to their safety, yeah, like I'm super safety patrol when we do anything, it drives my wife insane. Like we'll just be taking a walk around the neighborhood and if the sidewalk runs out and we have to be in the street, I'm just like constantly heads on a swivel at all times, which that's not unreasonable because it's a street and cars go down. But like, like we'll be like 150 yards or so away from like a corner like a turn that you can't see around. I'm like, all right, everybody to the other side. Cause they're not going to see us going that fast. We're not going to see them. And like, I just, I'm too much sometimes. And like, as almost a habit, when my son like does something for the first time, I'm like almost instinct. I'm like, all right, be careful. And I like, I don't want to put it in him that everything's a danger. And I don't want to ruin that. Like that on wonder of exploring new things because I'm like, oh, don't fall off that. Um, so I'm trying to check myself on that a little bit. And, um, by the same token, I hope I don't pass on that to them and make them too nervous and too anxious to do stuff because I'm always like, well, well, that could be dangerous. Don't do that. Um, I find myself in that same situation a lot of times too. I feel like it's a natural transformation for parents and younger parents and stuff. uh, Like, and our kids are in prime, like (laughs) do dumb stuff age. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, it's like if we're walking somewhere, like a couple of weeks ago when we went to St. Augustine, you know, I don't want, I don't want my kids being far enough ahead of me to where like, I can't sprint to them real mm-hmm. fast. So it's like, you know, if you get closer, if you get, you know, 20 feet away from me, that's a little too far. I need to be able to take like three steps and beat to you. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of where my mindset's at too. And there's, I would I would be more like that in a crowded place, especially in a new crowded place with like tourists and strangers and stuff. But like I'm like that on an empty road yeah. <laughs> sometimes, or like in like just in a parking lot. I'm like, hey, well, you're getting a little too far. But it's for the same reason. I just want to be able to intervene. But that's like, like that's my level of hover parent. Like most of the ways, I let my kids be independent and uh, grow and explore and stuff. But like I don't know something about like going outside and doing stuff. And we have like bobcats in my neighborhood too. So every once in a while I'm like, if a bobcat charged at my kid, would I be able to get there? And t-? you know, like it's just dumb stuff like that. Like yeah, the intrusive impossible, thoughts, yeah, like, impossible scenarios that probably won't ever happen, but I'm thinking about them just in case. The road bandits. Um, and I know my dad's the same way. Uh, we have some dogs in our neighborhood whose owners don't put them on leashes, which piss us off. Um, and for all intents and purposes, they all seem like very wonderful, nice, well-trained listening dogs. Um, but we don't care because like, get your dog away from my kid. You don't even know if he's allergic and you're just like, just get your dog. Um, we've had the occasional run in with these people that just let their dog run around while they're on a walk while we're walking with our young children, like a baby in a stroller and a toddler, you know, just rummaging around and we're like, and my, my oldest son's already afraid of dogs. Not cause he thinks they're going to hurt him cause he doesn't want to get licked. And he's just like, don't get it away from me. Um, but like, like you don't know their situation. Like get your dog, man. Like they're leash laws for a reason. Like get your dog away from us. Like if nobody's around, you want your dog run free. That's amazing. You know, I like that. But like there's, there's people around, be considerate. Um, 
And so we told that story to my dad one too many times and he shipped a, a stun gun and pepper spray to our house for my wife to take on walks <laughs> now. Um, which sounds ridiculous, but honestly, she's going to do it. <laughs> Maybe not the stun gun, but definitely the pepper spray because like, get your dog. You know, there was one incident where they were walking and the dogs were like barking and nipping at her. And she was walking by herself with the little one in oh, the yeah, stroller and good. they had like two or three dogs and she just happened to be walking by that owner's house and they just like ran off after her and she's like, get your fucking dog or I'm going to hurt it. Like you don't understand what I'm telling you. Like this isn't playtime. Like get your dog away from my kids or I'm going to hurt the dog. Um, and we had to deal with that in Tallahassee sometimes too. When, um, she had her pit bull, we'd walk around and like another dog would come harass him. And like the owner would just be like at the door, be like, come back, come back, come back. And I looked at it. I was like, I'm going to kick your dog. Like, I don't want to hurt animals or anything, but like, if you're attacking my family, I'm going to hurt you. I was like, I will hurt your dog. Like if your dog bites one of my children, you're probably not getting your dog back. No, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) So like, come get it, please. And, um, so yeah, (laughs) That protectiveness, I know that's something that I also picked up from my dad. Um, There's actually, I'll do one more segue about my dad. Um, This is a little bit of a story about his temper and a little bit of a story about his uh, protectiveness, but ultimately it's a story about um, a babysitter who just didn't know what to do. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, but I have two teeny tiny little scars on my face. One on this, on my right cheek is a little more prominent and the one on my left cheek is a little hard to see. It's itty bitty. They're not even an inch long. They're teeny tiny. I've had them basically my whole life. Cause when I was one, um, and I had a babysitter and like was playing with some neighborhood kids or whatever. I don't know the full situation. I was one. Um, <laughs> I grabbed a pickle jar and I was just running around with it. And you know, like with the dogs before, I thought chasing was the game. And so they were like, give it back. And I was like, no. And I ran away with it, which is something my little son does now, which is hilarious. Uh, and, and long story short, like most one-year-olds when they're running, I fell over and the pickle jar broke and basically cut my face open. And um, I don't know the details of all who was there uh, and who tended to me and who called an ambulance or whatever, but all told at the end of the story, when they called my parents and told them to come home and what had happened, when they got home, they found the babysitter hiding in one of the closets in my house because she was apparently terrified of (laughs) what was going to happen when my parents got home because my dad's very protective of us. And he also had a little bit of a temper. I mean, from the story that was told to me, nothing bad happened. And dad was too super cool and reasonable about it. (laughs) <laughs> but maybe it's just cause the ridiculousness of her hiding in the closet. I don't know. But, um, so it was well known. <laughs> it was well known that my parents were protective of us as kids. Um, because just an, an innocent accident happened that could honestly happen to literally any children, any child. Um, and she was like cowering in the closet. <laughs> Jeez. How old was the babysitter? That's a great question. I don't know. Okay. I could only assume on the younger side. That's what I was thinking, um, just because they were hiding in the yeah, closet. Yeah, I, like, I don't believe it's like a fully grown, like 30-year-old adult, but probably someone on the younger side who just didn't know what to do. So that is a good segue into another like trait. Uh, I'm trying to teach my kids to take responsibility for their actions, um, like even if it's a bad action, 
Like, Especially if it's a bad well, action. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you know, and it starts with small stuff like, you know, you know, who left their glass on the table? Like, but, you know, <laughs> this is kind of a sad story. But the other day, my kids had a very, very Florida experience. Um, they were riding their bikes and in our neighborhood, there's like water, like the man-made retention ponds, mm. but it's like everywhere. Um, there's little ponds between all the houses and like little man-made canals between the, mm-hmm. the streets and stuff. So there's water everywhere, which means there's alligators everywhere because mm-hmm. we live in Florida. Yes. Um, so they were riding their bikes on the nature trail, which is like, I call it the nature trail, but it, like it's paved and like it has like bridges over the water mm-hmm. that are like paver bridges like it's actually really nice honestly maybe after this we should go to my house and go for a walk or something sure um (laughs) i've driven past it last time i went over there and it was really beautiful yeah so (laughs) anyway so they're riding their bikes and there is a gator like sunbathing on the bank and um they know not to mess with gators because you know they will die um so they like rode their bikes fast away from the gators and then as they were riding their bikes really fast away from the gators, a snake pops out. <laughs> <laughs> and they ran over the snake because they didn't have time to... <laughs> they didn't, well, they were riding their bikes fast yeah, away from the gator. they didn't have time so to... So they, the, they hit the snakes. And then, uh, and then, like, I don't know how this happened after that, but then also they ran into a bunch of wasps. <laughs> That is a very Florida experience. Exactly. <laughs> and all the, the greatest hits all one boom, boom, boom. Exactly. <laughs> and like, so then after that, they just ran as, they just rode their bikes fast as they can at home and came inside. <laughs> yeah, they called and it then, quits. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they told us all about it and we're like, wow, that's a very Florida thing to happen. <laughs> so they were telling us this story. It was um, Logan and Adriana, the youngest and the oldest. Um, since uh, they learned how to ride bikes and stuff, in January, like they're like best friends when it comes to going outside, which is really awesome. Um, so <laughs> they're telling us the story, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy, you know, whatever. And then the next day, I'm riding the bikes with them, and Logan's like, come on, let's go see if the snake's still there. And I was like, okay. And then at dawn, I, mean, I was like, hey, why would the snake still be there? And he's like, oh, it died. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> They didn't mention that they ran over the snake is what had happened. Oh, they mentioned I, that they saw the snake? They said they saw the snake. And uh, so I rode by and the snake was still there. And uh, I was like, what happened to the snake, buddy? And he's like, we ran it over when we were... And I was like, well, why didn't you tell us that the other day? Like, And then he got kind of sad because he killed the snake. Because mm-hmm. he actually likes... Like, yeah, he likes things that I'm afraid of. So like, <laughs> he likes snakes and spite. Like he wants a tarantula, and I'm like, that's never gonna happen. And also, you're never getting a snake either. <laughs> I would let my kid have a snake just because I had a snake when I was a kid. My dad had caught like two little baby corn snakes, and we raised them for a little bit before we released them. Um, but my wife would never, never, ever in a million years allow that to happen. She I'm hates not reptiles. About that snake life. Especially if the snake gets loose in the house, then we don't have a pet snake anymore. <laughs> we have an infiltrator. <laughs> it's an enemy. <laughs> so like, 
I don't want to have to kill a snake. Right, especially your kid's pet. Because, <laughs> like, it's just an irrational fear of snakes and spiders. Like, like my wife has to kill the spiders, or I will overkill them. Yeah. Because I just can't do it. <laughs> so, anyway, that was just like a... Speaking of traits. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not passing down my fear of snakes and spiders to at least my son. <laughs> he's not afraid of them at all. But, um... Yeah, so I just, you know, I was like, look, if something like this happens, you need to tell me, because, like, if you injured that snake and it's poisonous, like, it might bite somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just a black rat snake, which is, like, the best kind of snake. Yeah. You know, I understand that snakes and spiders are good. I just hate them anyway. Yes, I understand. (laughs) I am the same way with spiders. So, it's just, like... You know, I would pick up a black rat snake even. Like, I'm not, even if they bit me, I wouldn't be afraid of those. Right. I just hate them anyway. I think that's a trait my grandma passed on to me (laughs) because I put a pet, not a pet, I put like a rubber snake in the fridge. Oh, no. Yeah. And she has like a phobia of snakes that I didn't know about because I was like six or whatever. So (laughs) her reaction to that was really bad yeah i was gonna say and that, that stuck could... with me <laughs> apparently it influenced me a lot to hate snakes i definitely picked up my my initial fear of spiders from my dad because my dad was the same way that you were just talking about like when there was a big enough spider um well if there was a if any kind of spider we're getting a broom or something distance wise that we can handle it with and if it was a big enough spider we he would call mom in and be like nope get this thing away from me take care of it um and i was the same way for a long time but I married a woman who was worse and <laughs> was not going to handle it the way my mom was going to handle it. So I just had to end up being the one that kills them. And like, we'd get creative. Like if there was a, in Tallahassee, we get some big old spiders up there. And, uh, we had one that like the diameter was maybe like two and a half inches oh, all wow. the way around when you include the legs. This is a big old spider. And, uh, and they're fast. And I was like, mm, I don't know about this one. And I was like, how can I kill it from a distance without also destroying the house? And so, um, I was in college at the time and I had a textbook that I didn't need anymore. So I put the flat side out and I slid it across the kitchen as hard as I could into the spider, just like disintegrated it against the spine of the textbook. Um, but like, and then also I have a classroom and I, you know, teach in an open campus in Florida next to the woods. So spiders, pretty big spiders like that get in the classroom from time to time. And they, you know, some of the kids will be like, I got this and they'll take care of it. But most of the kids are going to freak out and run away from it. So to maintain order in the classroom, I have to be the grown up and take care of it. So I just kind of ended up getting used to it. And then I, to be, to be funny about it, I tell people like, yeah, I used to be afraid of spiders, but I just get so much joy out of killing them that <laughs> it negated the, the fear. So here's a little tidbit for anyone who's not scared enough of spiders. <laughs> uh, it's a banana spider is what we call them down here. They're like golden orb weavers, I think, is what maybe spider people might call them. Maybe. I don't know if that's the same spider. Oh, I think they're the same spider. I'm not 100% sure. Listener Uh, fact-checked us. All all of our spider fans out there, just uh, (laughs) let us know in the comments below. (laughs) Uh, But, like, NASA brought them to to space where there was zero gravity. Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And they became, like, uh, like 10,000 times more like lethal and effective at hunting <laughs> because they adapted to zero gravity like perfectly. Like 
They're probably not supposed to be on planet Earth. They're probably supposed to be conquering the galaxy. Uh, Starship yeah. troopers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only good bug's a dead bug. <laughs> um, yeah, so look to, try to Google that. Like, Google up uh, spider study in outer space and, like, banana spider, golden orb weaver. I think it was a golden orb weaver that they sent into space. Yeah. They were testing to see how it would make its webs yeah. in space because they make like immaculate, like really well thought out webs to trap animals. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember specifically what the result was, but you were they, right. They did, they did pretty much perfectly adapt to zero gravity and became like even more efficient hunters. They, this is how they adapted. And they were able to um, catch their prey before the observers could sense that they were going to catch their prey. <laughs> their reaction times were not like reaction time. They were just instant. <laughs> as close to instant as you could get. Very. To me, I thought that was awesome, but also it scared me even more of spiders. Because yeah. well, I was like, oh. <laughs> spiders are fascinating. And then like you, th they're only fascinating because they're small. You know what I mean? Like, and there's, there's ones that are obviously deadly to humans still, but like a creature that a spider catches is going to liquefy and then drink the insides of while they're still alive. And then like, you're like, Oh, that's crazy. But then you're like, I know that, that lizard brain in us that senses danger. They're like, but what if they're big enough to do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely on board with the anti spider trait. No spiders <laughs> in the house. I tell Nixon all the time, my oldest, cause he's super into bugs. He like, if, if he could pick a career right now, he'd be an entomologist because bugs is all he cares about. He, uh, he was at the bookstore with my wife the other day and he came home with a little pocketbook of bug facts. It's like, I don't know, probably for middle or high schoolers. And that's what he wants me to read to him at bedtime. He's like, dad, read the dragonfly page. And I just read facts about dragonflies until it's time for him to climb into bed. That's awesome. Um, but like to respect that and not just to be like, a merciless killing machine for all life forms I don't like, um, which is like Nixon. The rule is any bug that's outside, we leave alone or we watch, we don't mess with. But if it's inside, it don't belong here. And if we can get it out, we should. And if it's a dangerous bug on the inside, it dies immediately. <laughs> that's, that's our, that's our three tier response to bugs. <laughs> Any bug outside, we're in their space. We leave it be and be respectful. If a bug's in my space and we can get it out, cool. But if we can't, it, it's a bug. <laughs> there's these um, there's these little worms. I don't know their like actual like name. They might even be like little centipedes or something. They're like these little worms. Um, in Florida, you probably see them all over the place. They dry out in the sun like immediately. Oh yeah. And they just like turn into little petrified rocks. Probably some on the steps right there right now. Probably. They they like to congregate and die right outside of my son's daycare. And so every morning at drop-off and every afternoon at pickup, he has to stop and look at what he calls his little buddies. And, like, I think on some level he understands that they're dead when they're dried out. But, like, the process hasn't quite kicked in because he gave him a cute name of little buddies. Yeah. He'll, he'll come like, Dad, look, our little buddies are here. And I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, like... He's learning more about different bugs. Now he knows that ants will come in and eat dead things. And so he's like, do you think the ants are going to eat those? And I was like, I don't know, probably. Like, you know, I'm trying to like load my one-year-old in the car seat and like, <laughs> Nixon, get over here. Because um, like, you know, we're also in a parking lot and like people come in with big SUVs and sometimes they come in a little fast and like, 
again, safety dad, I'm terrified that he's going to be in the wrong spot in the wrong time. And someone's going to pop in and like hit him or something like that. Cause you know, intrusive thoughts constantly. Um, I'm just like, get over here, get away from, quit picking up dead worms and get in the car before you get hit by some truck <laughs> is my thought process. <laughs> I don't vocalize it that way, but in my head, if I broke it down, that's what I'm saying to myself. Um, but he's like, I want to pick a little, but anyways, like, do you think ants will eat these little buddies? It's like, I don't know. Probably like they're, they're dried out from the sun. They're dead. Yeah, probably. And he's like, but I don't want them to eat my little buddies. <laughs> and so like, he felt empathy for a thing that was already dead because he didn't want it to get eaten by another bug that he likes. Uh, yeah, parenting's fun. You get to think about a lot of stuff you never thought you'd ever have to think about before. Like, <laughs> the emotional attachment my son has to already dead things because they're kind of cool rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so we basically covered a few of the traits that we want to pass on and some that we don't. I think we only probably hit the tip of the iceberg on these. Yeah. Um, well, I think it goes without saying that like every parent wants to pass down only good traits and no yeah. bad traits. We, we understand that, but it's, it's interesting to look at what we think those good and bad traits are and how we got those traits and like how we perceive them being passed or not passed and how that plays out. And even acknowledging some of the bad traits that we know we're probably going to pass on, but trying to, you know, lessen them a little bit. Yeah. And one of the side topics we want to talk about was like temper tantrums and stuff. And I feel like we just jumped right into that right at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. Just kind of on accident. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of us were like, we don't want our kids to be mad all the time. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, it pretty much covers what we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, intrepid listener remember we do have social media that you can hit us up on at any time if you have any questions remember the original idea of the show is to answer questions that you guys had um i don't know if we've built enough of an audience to ask that of anybody yet but if you ever have any questions about parenting that you want us to cover or topics um hit us up you probably have all of our personal social media and also also all of our uh, ask your dad social media so you know let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll talk about it yeah, we'd love to hear from you, even if it's just to say hi. Yeah. I know we always give a shout out to Matt and his wife and his new baby. <laughs> so, uh, thank you three for listening. I think he's still the last person to react to anything we've posted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like a week and a half later. That's okay. Yeah. We appreciate your support. Yeah. So, until next time, uh, this is your dedicated, involved, loving fathers signing off. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ask Your Dad. This show is written, recorded, edited, and published by Nick Bender and Nick Troyer. You can follow our show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Ask Your Dad Pod. A-S-K-U-R-D-A-D-P-O-D. And our new Facebook page is facebook.com slash askyourdadpod. All of these pages will be linked in the show description as well as our link tree page, which includes a donation page if you'd like to support our show. Our theme song is Shimmering Lights by Punch Deck, and you can find more great tracks at punchdeck.bandcamp.com. And until next time, if you have any questions, remember, you can always ask, ask your dad. dad.
Goodbye.